the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome, everybody. This is Zudi Jasser, Dr. Jasser. I'm in the chair and the helm for Seth today, and uh, thank you for joining me. It's always great to be with you, and uh, uh, an honor to fill in for uh, Seth Leapson on his show. And a lot going on, a lot to talk about, um, and the world continues not only to uh, get crazier, but uh, uh, we see uh, our president today uh, trying to uh, sell us a bill of goods about uh, uh, the economy and the impact of the infrastructure bill and otherwise. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, don't hesitate uh, to give me a call. Happy to talk about it. I uh, hope you're all doing well. Families are well and healthy. We are back at full steam. I know we've uh, last uh, I've been here talking to Seth about COVID and and the vaccines and lockdowns and other things. So uh, um, we uh, are moving forward. Now, interestingly enough, in the last few weeks, there's been a a lot of talk, especially after Virginia, about what happened with the race for governor and uh, a number of the statewide races there and how much the educational system and the attempt by the far left, the progressivists, to push their ideology through, to ram through a, a, a radical ideology to the children in this country. And I think there was a resounding, a resounding blowback at the polls with huge shifts in uh, independent voting and otherwise. And I'm sure uh, you've uh, heard a lot of folks uh, talking about that. And uh, I think it's important to unpack exactly what this ideology is. You know, it's interesting with the left when when you start confronting them on critical race theory and what it means, rather than respond to the ideological attacks, their and ideological responses, their natural predilection is to deny it, is to say, oh, it's not taught, it doesn't exist. There was a clip with uh, one of the CNN anchors, Brianna, I can't remember her, Keeler, I think is her last name, in which she repeatedly kept interrupting Senator Scott from Florida, trying to uh, tell him that uh, so-called, the so-called critical race theory and and that uh, hasn't been verified to exist over and over. And it's just uh, amazing that uh, they think that that somehow is changing hearts and minds, when in fact the American people have already said in Virginia, if not uh, in many places across the country, that that's not the reality, that uh, ultimately they know what's being taught and what's being forced uh, down to their children, and that it's not really that while, yes, fighting racism is important, but the reality is, is under the guise of fighting racism, uh, there are movements asunder to try to destroy what it means to be an American, that we no longer have pride in our country and its foundations, that somehow this country is born uh, not from the wisest that have ever created democracy and history of man, but rather from those who are racist and otherwise. And yes, we we have our errors and we've had our 
learning moments. But at the end of the day, we are the greatest country in the world. And President Biden tried to say that earlier today. And yet, for some reason, when he says it, it's not as convincing, is it? Because you can't have it both ways. You can't try to correct yourself into saying that America is a great place when, in fact, you've spent the last few months trying to destroy it. And uh, I think Ben Shapiro had the greatest tweet uh, I saw today, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about a few quotes uh, as uh, time goes on. He said, it'll go down in history as a bewildering and befuddling act of mind-numbing idiocy that Joe Biden abandoned his moderate pitch as a winning candidate in favor of wild progressive leftism as president. And that actually, that, that is probably one of the most significant questions of the day is that as he sat in his basement and ran for president last year, nobody saw him. Minimal interaction, minimal engagement. The question remained, what were his beliefs? And he tried to say that he was campaigning from the middle, from the moderates, as he demonized President Trump and the American people that supported him, that somehow 75, 76 million people were somehow racists and and uh, uh, won by a, a very small margin. Ultimately, uh, that left us with what we have now, not a so-called moderate president, but somebody that has allowed the most radical wings of his party to push forth legislation and push forth things they're trying to blame COVID for, but ultimately inflation and and uh, the inability for the regular American citizen to make ends meet for their families today is thanks to this president and not the previous. So what we want to do today, I want to introduce you to an organization, introduce you to some friends of mine, uh, former military leaders that I'm humbled to be uh, working with. And uh, I think, you know, as we have this conversation across the country about critical race theory and what it is and what it isn't, and uh, to uh, um, unpack exactly where that's weaving itself into. As a former Navy officer, and uh, I may not have mentioned this at the beginning, but uh, I served 11 years in the U.S. Navy as a lieutenant commander, was on a Navy scholarship through medical school, and ultimately was a physician to Congress for my last uh, duty uh, billet before coming out to Phoenix to practice medicine in 99. I've been practicing primary care here in town, internal medicine, since 1999, and um, my clinic, the Jasser Center for Comprehensive Care, is where I spend most of my time. But I also run a nonprofit called the American Islamic Forum for Democracy. And that nonprofit has been working to unravel sort of the, the I think, the real cancerous tumor, which is political Islam around the world, and counter the ideology of radical Islamism. And we'll get to that in the second and third hour. We're going to talk to Ryan Morrow uh, with the Clarion Project on... Uh, uh, counterterrorism. Also talked to Raheel Raza in Canada about what the latest is in the Muslim reform movement. But this hour, I'm pleased to welcome uh, Lieutenant General Rod Bishop and also Colonel Ron Scott. And I'm going to get them on the line here and then talk to you about them. Ron and Rod, welcome. Thanks, Judy. Thanks so much, Judy. Thank you for your service there in the Navy. Thank you. It's great to have Veterans Day. Thank you. That's right. Veterans Day is tomorrow, November 11th. And um, 
I uh, uh, thought of nobody better than both of you to have on this program uh, before, not only before Veterans Day, for all those uh, millions of vets that have served uh, to honor them in their service. Uh, but I think the project that you're doing is not only timely, but there is nothing more important for Americans to start to get our head around than actually what is happening inside our military. Because if our military is unraveling internally with a a sense of disdain for this country, a, a theory that is no longer simply sort of this esoteric thing, but actually a reality, then it must be infiltrating every institution. So before we do that, let me introduce you both. Uh, first, uh, Lieutenant General Rod Bishop, retired U.S. Air Force uh, uh, commander, 34 years in uniform, air commander in Europe, deputy director of operations for the U.S. Air Force, deputy combatant commander for U.S. Southern Command, and he's president of a new group that I'm proud to be on their advisory group board, which is the Stand Together Against Racism and Radicalism in the Services. Welcome, Lieutenant General Rod Bishop. Thank you very much, Sudi. And also Colonel Ron Scott, U.S. Air Force Academy grad, 1973, 30 years career as a pilot, commander with the combat time, ran Air Force Operations Center at the Pentagon, retiring as a colonel. He also has a doctor of philosophy, principal scientist at Technical Think Tank and university professor. He's now VP and vice chairman of a 501c3, which... I just mentioned, which is stars stand together against racism and services in the in the in the services. So let me first start with uh, with you, uh, Lieutenant General Bishop. I know that uh, uh, you are heading this uh, this new organization. Um, obviously, we're all against racism, and I think the title of the organization is, is very apropos. I'll share the vision statement on your website. It is to unify and inspire all Americans to acquire a deep understanding of our unique heritage and to develop a lasting love for their country by embracing its North Star, America's founding principles. Its mission statement is to work with our military armed services, address issues that promote unity, not division. It seeks to educate military leaders, the men and women that serve and the American people of the dangers of the conjoined anti-American ideologies of neo-Marxism and critical race theory. So I guess uh, uh, we're, we're running up on our first break here. But when we come back, um, and if you want to start for a few seconds, um, well, actually, let me, let me uh, take us to break. And then when we come back, give us a little background on why you formed STARS and how this mission sort of evolved. Because, as I mentioned, Ron was a U.S. Air Force Academy grad. I was supposed to speak there a few years ago, and it was infamously canceled. I guess a, a Muslim talking about... Radical Islam was a little too controversial for them. Uh, but uh, that was sort of a sign. I'm like, what's going on there? So when we come back, we're going to learn what's going on inside the U.S. military. This is Zudi Jasser sitting in for Seth Liebson on the Seth Liebson Show. Welcome back. This is Zudi Jasser, Dr. Jasser, the doctors in the house, sitting in at the helm for Seth Liebson on the Seth Liebson Show. Thank you all for being with us. I am excited to be a part of this organization called STARS. And uh, uh, we are joined by uh, Colonel Ron Scott and also Lieutenant General Rod Bishop. And without further ado, uh, I want to uh, sort of turn it over to uh, Lieutenant General Bishop first to explain, you know, we, we think of critical race theory with all the, the great work that some of the parents have been doing across the country. We saw in Virginia, it decided an election where parents said, we're not, we're going to respond. Uh, Governor McAuliffe uh, told parents that uh, he had a right to decide what their kids were taught, but the parents did not. 
What about in our military? Is that a bridge too far to say that it's affecting our military? What's happened in the military culture? General Bishop, uh, why is it relevant? Well, Zudi, it's relevant because uh, if you love our country, you have to be concerned about how our, our military members are being indoctrinated. Secretary Austin was right when he said DOD is not teaching critical race theory. They are not teaching critical race theory. They are indoctrinating military members in the tenets of critical race theory. And uh, we came together because we love our country. And we were alerted, in fact, Ron alerted me to an article in our local newspaper, uh, the title of which was in July of 2020, set the time here, um, Air Force football takes firm social stance with video in support of Black Lives Matter. And so Ron, myself, and a couple of other grads in the hood, so to speak, said, well, why is our Air Force Academy football team getting involved in politics? And much less, why are they shouting the slogan seven times in a three-minute video of Black Lives Matter when Black Lives Matter has told us they're a Marxist organization and was in the process of burning up our cities? Uh, so long story short, we went to the superintendent and asked him to take it down. He didn't. Uh, we filed an IG complaint. Uh, that went nowhere. The uh, follow-on superintendent took it down a total of nine months later, but in this journey, we found elements of critical race theory all over the United States Air Force Academy, the Naval Academy, and uh, West Point. So that's why we formed this organization, to try to, as you read our mission statement, first of all, educate the military leaders that the road they are taking us down, road they are taking our military down, is not a helpful one. And then, as a byproduct of that, also educate the rest of America. You don't want a military that is taught or indoctrinated in these theories that diminishes one race over another or one gender over another, that um, in, in a way just guilts a good portion of your force. The number one criticality of any military force is always cohesiveness, and this drives a wedge right into the heart of cohesiveness. And, you know, I think this is so important is is that, you know, it's easy to dismiss this stuff and uh, for folks to say that, well, the, 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 we're exaggerating the reality. And, and uh, I noticed on our your website uh, there is a, a notation for whistleblowers to speak up. I know Congressman uh, Dan Crenshaw has uh, uh, had some significant responses. We saw uh, one recent... I can't remember if he's a colonel or he was uh, associated with the Space Force uh, uh, contingent. He was relieved of duty and uh, um, is still uh, pushing back uh, simply because he made his own opinions known. So, Colonel Scott, if you can fill us in on, you know, what do you think, how are we going to turn this carrier around? How does STARS, how is your organization going to begin to do that to reverse some of this tide? Well, uh, Dr. Jasser, we, first of all, are becoming more and more uh, uh, enlightened in terms of the depth and the breadth of the problem. Uh, so educating people is going to require, first of all, being able to explain to them why the ideology is so dangerous and left unchecked. Uh, 
how that will poison our nation and, I mean, make it extremely vulnerable to external threats. Now, the, the, the tenets of critical race theory, there's a, there's a traceable lineage. Uh, Mike Gonzalez uh, has written a book, just came out this past September, with the title BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution which, by the way, is an excellent compliment to the lieutenant colonel you mentioned who was relieved of command, Matthew Lohmeyer. Uh, Matthew uh, addressed the issue within the military domain, and Mike Gonzalez addresses the origins and connections of the ideology that underwrites BLM since 1848 to the present. And so it's uh, it's an education for us to, to be able to to identify the issues, to connect the dots, and then to explain that to people who really are pretty oblivious to the problem. I mean, there are good people out there that would push back and say, what's wrong with BLM? Well, what do you know about BLM? <laughs> so a lot of them are are responding to the way it's presented in our mainstream media, which is extremely supportive of BLM. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a complex problem. And uh, under General Bishop's command, he has assembled right now an internal group of about 25 patriots, and we're talking flag officers, colonels. We have a uh, an African-American chief master sergeant as part of our board. So we're growing our internal capability to get our arms around the problem and then find ways to, uh, to educate the public. And I might point out that uh, a recent visit with one of our partner groups to the superintendent at the uh, Naval Academy expressed his concern that a lot of these uh, young men and women coming to the Naval Academy have already been indoctrinated. And that speaks to the problem with K through 12, and as we know, it was a big issue in Virginia in the recent election. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting, and I'm going to loop back in the next segment and talk about the similarities. You know, as you know, we've been fighting on the issue of uh, anti-jihadism. You had a military uh, a, a terrorist in our military, uh, Nidal Hassan, who ended up committing an act of terror. And I testified three times on uh, on to Congress, uh, twice to the House and once to the Senate, about how that should have been uh, revealed when he was walking around Walter Reed with a business card that said Soldier of Allah, but nobody wanted to talk about it. And uh, it was just uh, uh, an, a, a, a unbelievable situation. But set that aside, the critical race theory group seems to be almost like a religion where it it encompasses everything and they find nothing, uh, uh, an obstacle to them, whether it's football games, uh, sports venues, entertainment, uh, military, things that used to be sort of left alone to be uh, American culture, unrelated to political divisiveness or religious divisiveness. They have instead sort of felt that it was their domain. Um, why haven't the chaplains been involved in the military? Maybe they are. Can you, in maybe 40 seconds here, tell me, what your have have you guys engaged chaplains uh, uh, to say? Wait a minute, we don't want this religion infiltrating our domain. Either of you? No, so, uh, we we have a chaplain in our organization. Uh, Charlie Baldwin is the former Air Force Chief of Chaplains. He's a major general, and so yes, your question is on target. Uh, it is an issue, especially for our chaplains that are pressured to do things that are contrary to their internal uh, religious doctrines. So hold on. We'll be right back in the next segment. We'll continue this conversation. I really want to talk about this sort of faith 
freedom against sort of uh, contradistinction, if you will, to critical race theory. This is Zudi Jasser in the chair for Seth. This is Zudi Jasser, Dr. Jasser in the chair for Seth, who's away today. It's great to be with all of you. And I I had to start the program out today with uh, uh, a couple of my favorite uh, military officers and veterans. Coming up to Veterans Day tomorrow, so for all you vets out there, thank you. Thank you for your service. God bless you. And uh, uh, can, words cannot express uh, uh, the pride all of us have in, in your service. And uh, we're joined with Lieutenant General uh, Rod Bishop, a retired uh, commander, 34 years in uniform, Air Commander Europe, Deputy Director of Ops for the U.S. Air Force, Deputy Combat Commander for the U.S. Southern Command, and President of STARS. STARS is standing together against racism and radicalism in the services. We're also joined with Connell, by Colonel I'm sorry, Ron Scott, a U.S. Air Force Academy grad from 73, 30 years as a pilot and commander with combat time, ran the Air Force Ops Center at the Pentagon, retired as a colonel, also has a doctor of philosophy degree, principal scientist at a technical think tank, and university professor, now VP and vice chairman of, of STARS. Before the break... We were talking about, you know, I, I had mentioned that uh, you all got to know me through my work with the American Islamic Forum for Democracy, trying to protect our country from my, what I think is one of the greatest threats to us, probably second only to China now, is radical Islamism uh, and uh, the ideology that uh, infiltrates uh, the West, be it through jihadist ideas and civilizational jihad and otherwise. And uh, I always ran up against obstacles, which is, you know, in not only, obviously, religious freedom issues, which are not obstacles, but rather blessings, but sometimes it prevents a conversation for ideologies like Islamism that, under the radar of religion, are actually political ideas. And I have to say, there's a lot of similarities with critical race theory, which seems to be pushed as a religion where you can't disagree with it. If you do, if you do you're a heretic. You're somehow a, a, a violator of the gospel of critical race theory. So... Uh, um, Please, uh, uh, General Bishop, if you could sort of talk to us about what we're doing to counter that and, you know, how do you fight something that's a religion where even generals and admirals testifying to Congress won't even criticize it openly or or deny its existence? Uh, Thank you for that question, Judy. So uh, Ron, as just before we went to break, was talking about our chaplain, STARS does have a chaplain, Major General Retired Baldwin, former Chief of Chaplains for the uh, United States Air Force. And I just recently had a conversation uh, with him about how we get him more involved, how we potentially use the chaplains within the service, because that's one area where we've uh, been slow to reach out in. We have some friends uh, that used to be the head chaplain here at the Air Force Academy, but just all over, I, I can tell you uh, from experience, uh, having had a group here in Colorado set up in a church sponsor a uh, event that we had uh, for the community on critical race theory, and the pastor told me he was running into op- op- opposition because a lot of the churches, surprisingly enough, have adopted uh, some of the tenets, and they they have told him uh, that he had gotten too woke. But we haven't really gone into this in the military, and, gee, I just think that was a a great reminder from our Board of Advisor member. Ron, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, I I do. Uh, In 
Manitou Springs, there's a uh, outfit called Summit Ministries. It's uh, non-denominational, uh, and it's headed up by Dr. Jeff Myers. Uh, recently, they've been uh, teaching the uh, issues with Marxism and how it has penetrated our churches uh, in many different ways. So that might be someone you may want to contact in the future to see how uh, one element of our you know, ecclesiastical domain in our society is trying to address Marxism and why it's so poisonous. And do you, have you all figured out a way to tell, and I hate to put it this way, but, you know, listen, in the military it's sort of, there's good guys and there's not good guys. So how do we know who the good guys are in today's military? I mean, from the top down, I mean, Admiral Milley, Milley when he was talking about race theory, he seemed to be one of the good guys, but yet sometimes... Obviously, uh, um, he's missing the target when it comes to vociferously standing up for what the principles and the foundations of our military establishment should be about. So tell me, is there a way you're all figuring out how to vet these things? Uh, I mean, listen, our military has withstood and, and still concerned about infiltration from whether it's espionage or other things. So what do you do you have a kit or, or how do we do that? Well, let me take that on first with you if I can. I'll turn it over to Ron. So I've been working for the last week on a document called Where's the Balance? Um, Because the number one question I think we're asked is why is military leadership letting this happen on their watch? So take, for example, the superintendent of the Air Force Academy. I mean, we all think he's a good guy. Uh, He has told us that he believes in balance. He has told us that he wants to develop critical thinkers among cadets. Can you hold that thought one second? We're going to, when we come right back, I'm going to really finish that thought because this is really important. Welcome back. This is Zudi Jasser filling in for Seth Leibson on the Seth Leibson Show. It's always great to be with all of you and uh, an honor to fill in uh, for the master, Seth Leibson. Uh, I'm joined by uh, two of my favorite uh, uh, military heroes and patriots uh, who run a new organization that, please, I'd ask you to go to their website, learn about it. If we're going to save this country, we have to do it on every battlefront, every area, whether it's in our schools or in our military. And uh, General Bishop and Colonel Scott have formed an organization to, to save our military from the infiltration of ideologies like critical race theory. So let me let you continue. You were you were saying before the break a, a very important point about uh, um, how to tell who the good guys are. You bet, Zudi. And I, then I'm going to turn it over to the doctor because I know he has something to say as well. Um, the, so the, the good guys, you know, are they unwittingly or are they wittingly letting this happen? Uh, and the way we determine, at least at the leadership level, is actions speak a lot louder than words. And so, as an example, if a leader tells us, hey, I believe in balance, and, and then you have all these examples uh, where balance is not a, a byproduct of what's happening. I mean, we just I just was on the phone with uh, Senator Cotton's MLA this past week, and aside from now, there in Representative Crenshaw's uh, whistleblower database being over 500, you add ours to it, we're pushing 600 examples of this divisiveness that have come to us from service members across the country. And so, as an example, at the Academy this this past week, we we just learned of a shadow diversity, equity, and inclusion structure that reminded everybody who read it, like the hunt for Red October. 
you know, the political officer in each squadron basically is what it comes across. So that's not really balanced. Senator Cotton's guys told me they just asked for data, and the Air Force Academy spent over $100,000 sending their faculty members to Princeton for diversity, equity, inclusion training. So, you know, now we have to suspicion, and we have to try to find a way to, to nicely go forward uh, but hold them accountable and keep reminding them that this is divisive. This is happening on your watch. Over to you, Ron. Yeah, uh, thanks, General. Uh, on 8 July 2020, the day after the extolling the virtues of Black Lives Matter, uh, the superintendent, the former superintendent, sent a letter to the academy family, talking cadets, parents, friends of the academy. So I got a copy of that letter, and he talked about systemic racism in America to include our service academies. So the next day, we filed a Freedom of Information Act request asking three simple questions. During the past 15 years, how many racial discrimination complaints were filed? Of those, per year, of those filed, how many were validated as violating Department of Defense zero-tolerance policies on discrimination? And of those validated, what was the nature of accountability or discipline? Six months later, we finally get a response, 36 pages of uh, spreadsheets. Uh, it didn't answer the questions. The best we could determine that during a 14-year period, there were 55 discrimination complaints filed. That's discrimination. There's 10 different categories, racial being one of the 10. So worst case, slightly less than four per year had they all been racial, but they weren't. And so they didn't even a, a, attempt to address the second and third question in terms of how many violated our policies and then what kind of discipline was imposed. So we have filed 14 additional FOIA requests with the Academy, and we've gotten one that was closed out, and again, it didn't answer the question. Uh, the oldest one pending is over a year old. And all of them are well past the 20-day requirement by law. So we're... We would like to help them. We would like to help the good guys tell the story if they would provide the evidence. But the fact that they're not providing the evidence uh, makes us wonder if they're really good guys or not. But, and if you don't mind, let me, let me just tell you about a good guy. Matt Lohmeyer, Lieutenant Colonel Matt Lohmeyer, when he now all of a sudden was seeing that critical race theory was being taught, and imposed upon people involuntarily. I mean, they didn't have a choice. And when the former president came out with an executive order uh, to say cease and desist and all this critical race theory, they kept doing it at the base he was at. So he worked up the chain of command saying, you're in violation of the executive order, this is not right. Every single commander all the way up to the four-star blew him off. So he, along with 20 other members of his unit, to include other commanders, filed an inspector general complaint, and they dismissed it. And so at the 15-year point, this officer, who was uh, ranked number one among all the majors throughout the entire command going to lieutenant colonel, was uh, dismissed from the Air Force. Unbelievable. So when you see, th when you see things like that, uh, you know uh, there is there is corruption <coughs> And, and, and it needs to be rooted out. And, you know, what smoke-filled room? I, I really want to know where, be, you know, how, because this stuff is, it, it takes, 
I mean, you saw the American Medical Association put together this hundreds of pages of of discussion of health equity, and behind it is is chock full of language that looks like it was put together by a lot of the critical race theory people. And, you know, doctors uh, in their wisdom just sort of accept it, and they think that somehow it's uh, all about fighting racism when, in fact, there's a lot behind it. And the military, similarly, where did all this stuff come from? How were we infiltrated by an ideology that found its way into the training of our future officers— and we we can't even even with FOIAs, you can't really figure out where the source of that material is. It Soros's organizations? Is it where's the stuff coming from? Well, well, best one, to, I'm sorry, Ron. Where are you going to go? To, I, was, I was just going to talk about uh, 11 August or August of uh, 2011, rather. <clears throat> and that we've been asking, you know, where did this start? And as close as we can pin it back. Talking to people who have been in the service from, you know, when I retired, say, in 2008, which I never saw any of this until today, 2011, that seems to be the beginning, and that's when President Obama issued an executive order placing uh, diversity and inclusion offices in every nook and cranny of the federal government. Now, it took a few years to take hold, but one of the reasons my wife and I retired to Colorado and live right outside the north gate of the Air Force Academy is to raise the second family of cadets. And uh, it's called the sponsorship program. And and the cadets we sponsored in the 2014, 15, 16 era would tell us, told me, and I just kind of, oh, okay, I'm shrugging it off, that the culture is changing underneath my feet. And I guess the Black Lives Matter video was a a wake-up call for me anyway. So uh, when we come back, I want you I want you both, if you could, please, to tell everybody how they can. You know, sometimes people see that what's happening in the military breaks their heart more than anything, and yet they don't know what to do because it seems like a very contained, the strongest force on the planet, the most moral force on the planet, and yet how do they help? Because I can tell you as a Muslim, I saw the racialization of an ideology, which was Islam, being Muslim, and it became racialized where anyone who disagreed with the Islamists was somehow labeled an Islamophobe, an anti-Muslim bigot, when in fact the people that most defended the, the fight against radical Islam were Muslims. And yet we couldn't because anyone who was critical from governments like Saudi Arabia on became labeled as an Islamophobe. So when we come back, what can Americans do to protect our military and help you all out at STARS, S-T-A-R-R-S dot U-S. We'll be right back on the Seth Leeson Show. And finishing out an unbelievable hour with uh, our uh, military heroes and uh, friends on an organization called STARS. Check it out, S-T-A-R-R-S dot U-S. Uh, They are uh, now retired, uh, retired uh, General uh, Rod Bishop and uh, retired Colonel Ron Scott, Dr. Scott, have been talking to us about critical race theory and its infiltration into our military culture. As we leave, I wanted to give them an opportunity to tell all of you what can you do as either former military vets or, or not in the civilians that care about our military. What can you do from the outside to help and get the word out to stop this infiltration of this insidious ideology? Well, Zudi, let, let me start off, and then I'm going to toss it to Ron. Uh, this is by far the most important mission of my life that I've ever been on. As of yesterday, we are a 501c3, and uh, <clears throat> that uh, not that we're begging for money. We haven't really had any fundraising uh, efforts. That said, uh, 
we're not going to have the good graces of folks like you forever uh, to get us on the show and advertise it. And every single person in STARS is a volunteer. There's not one penny going to any salary. We've all paid for our own travel for everything that we've done. So what can you do today or this month? This month we have an initiative going on our website. We're calling it the Renew Your Oath Initiative. All you veterans, and you don't have to be a veteran. Be If you're a family member, a parent, spouse of a veteran, friend of a veteran, come and take a look at that oath. That oath that men and women raised their right hand and gave to us as fellow citizens. It's more than a contract. They are pledging with their life as collateral to perfect, to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I said that oath 10 times. I administered probably at least 100. I never, ever thought of the word and domestic. And but yes, this critical race theory is that domestic enemy that Abraham Lincoln warned us about. Ron, tell him the good news story. Okay, thanks, General. You know, we do have a good news story. For those that really know what America is, its principles, its ideals, truly was the greatest nation ever in the history of humankind. And when you look at our history, advancing liberty against tyranny on foreign shores. It's a great story, and we're not telling it. Uh, just yesterday, I saw a, a speech by Reagan. It was The title was originally the speech. They named it uh, Time for Choosing, and that was 57 years ago. It was a campaign speech given in support of uh, Barry Goldwater. I really highly recommend people watch that speech. It was prophetic. He was prophesizing and talking about how fragile liberty is, and we have to preserve it. And that's our mission, STARS, is to preserve America it's, it's in all of its goodness. Well, God bless and you if both. People ask us, well, thank you. I was, I was going to say, if people ask us why we're in this, we're in it for the 20-year-olds, and that's not the kids or our grandkids. That's the 20-year-olds who are buried above the cliffs of Normandy or, or the beaches or the islands of the Pacific, the hills of uh, Korea or the jungles of Vietnam. Well, ne- thank you. God bless you both. We'll be right back on the Seth Leithman Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.